This audio program may contain descriptions of violence and topics that may not be suitable for everyone. Please listen with caution. Do you know what the most frightening thing in the world is? It's fear. I'm not gonna hurt you. I'm just gonna bash your brains. Why, she wouldn't even harm a fly. I'll begin. <sighs> Chilly, even though it was so warm. Yeah, I know. It's like 75. I know. I finally got last week's episode out yesterday. Yay! <laughs> That's all. I was like, oh, good. That's just up. took me forever. Yeah, it's fine. You got engaged! I know! It's so exciting! <laughs> I like that um, you specified in the post, like, Austin got engaged. I was like, aww. <laughs> No one ever is going to think it's me, but that's cute. <laughs> well, if, let's just not specify and just have people guess. <laughs> she got engaged. I think everyone would be like, Austin. Although it'd be funny if I was just like, went from zero yes, to 100. Yes, to 100. That would be fun. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, yes. Congrats. Thank you. It's going to be fun. It is. It's going to be a, a fun ride. <laughs> <laughs> Mike was like, she's going to be so stressed out with law school. And I was like. I feel like wedding planning for her is more fun than it is just because you're <laughs> not like did a you bride. Talk to him? Oh, but we were <laughs> we talk. <laughs> we talk. When, when we were eating dinner. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I was just like I was like, oh, that's sweet. But she's not. You're not like so picky where it's like, yeah, no. Oh my god, if it's not right, I'm gonna die. No, I. It's fun for me to look through. Yeah. And I love planning things. So. I was like, don't worry. And plus, I was like. She's got a good head on her shoulders. If you were like, the wedding planning's making me fail. Yes, then like, it would be fucked up. Yeah. I can't N- imagine. Not like, you know, slowly drifting over to wedding websites has prevented me from putting the episode out <laughs> last week or <laughs> anything. <laughs> you have a few months of like being able to just blame it. Sorry, yes. wedding planning. Right. Because it's like still so new and exciting yes. where you're not like bored to death of it. Mm-hmm. You know? I don't know if I'll ever get bored of it. I don't know. When I get engaged, I'm going to get married in like three months. Really? Yep. You need more time than that to get everything in order. I joined this group. I've been prepared for this (laughs) my whole life. See, that's the thing. Until I met Mike, I wasn't like. I already know what what it's going to be, where it's going to be. Not the exact location, but Mm -hmm. the only thing is if I couldn't get a location, I'd have to wait. You know what I mean? Because I want a specific. Mm -hmm. I want like um, gothic castle princessy yes. vibes that's what i wanted thing. but they're all so fucking expensive yeah. near us or like well i would do it somewhere like open brick and stuff like that mm-hmm. you know what i mean but i don't want it in like a church yeah, or no, like me either. a wedding like a dance hall mm-hmm. i hate this eh. my my cousin she's like you know kind of a southern belle she got it in like on a porch on like an old plantain and I was like that's beautiful a plantain, but like a plantation plantation, plantain <laughs> you know like the on banana, a banana. <laughs> and I was like that's it was her beautiful her ceremony and everything was beautiful it's just like that's not I that's not for I you don't want that. yeah <laughs> did I tell you that Mike's bosses at work threw him an engagement party no they got a cake <laughs> they all congratulated him and how cute they got him gluten-free cupcakes but a cake for everyone else <laughs> <laughs> so really it was just an excuse to have it, cake absolutely <laughs> oh he's yeah. so cute i was like are you excited and he was just like yeah <laughs> he's adorable yes he he's he's fun. he's just like so mellow he it's is so funny where I'm like, yes, engagement! <laughs> and he's like, yes, yes, yeah. engaged. <laughs> I think he, so one of his bosses took a picture of him when they mm-hmm. surprised him with this little party. And he looks so happy and cute. Oh, I'll have to show you yeah. it. It's, it's really fun. <sighs> he's adorable. He is. He's a good one. He is. He's. I like that he was nervous, even though you he were was like so nervous. Pl- like <laughs> he lives here, and you're already planning it I secretly, know. but not really. Yeah. And he's like, still like, what if she says? No? Even on the way driving there, a song came on. And I was like, this is gonna be played at our eventual wedding. <laughs> <laughs> and in his mind, he's like, oh my god, what if she says no? Yes. <laughs> That's what everyone was like. Why? Why are you stressed yeah. out about this? Or what if you were just like, I told you i didn't want it here i wanted it on the beach michael i can't wait till you guys move on to your own little house and you have like a cute little cottage you know that's what i'm picturing it's not going to be that but i wish it was mm-hmm. 
And I could live in like your garden like a bunny. <laughs> like a bunny <laughs> outside. Yeah. Not even like a, a I'll detached be like house. Just... I won't wear pants. <laughs> and, great. and you'll cause general mayhem. <laughs> yeah. I'll tear up all your carrots. <laughs> like, Fucking Remy. <laughs> Mike will hate me and he'll leave. <laughs> yes, that's how it ends. That's, that's, that's the end. dark ending yeah. of this. Uh, oh, and then you murder everyone. Right. That'll be a good ending. <laughs> Is Ben going to be one of his groomsmen? Yes. <laughs> my brother, Benjamin, who my entire family went to visit this week in California. He saw them once. He stayed aloof the entire time. And when asked and when asked if he wanted my parents to book him a flight to fly home for my engagement party, he said, eh. <laughs> Is he, so he's like not like. He doesn't he, give a it, shit it, at you, all. You were like, you're going to be in the wedding party. He was just like, I it's like whatever. And like he doesn't tell me care. when to show up. Or yeah, and I'll be there. No. When I called him after Mike proposed, he didn't answer. On the <laughs> next day, I called him back and he answered, and he said, "Congrats on the Mike thing." <laughs> so there's that. That's very touching. <laughs> yes. They both cried. Right. That's uh, that's about as emotional as he gets. <laughs> yeah, I can't imagine my brothers being. Well, your brothers would just try to be scary. Yeah. To yeah. whoever. Yeah. They're just the worst, honestly. <laughs> They're just always going to be like, we're the big man. I mean, even with guys I'm not dating, even just guys in general, they're always like, I'm the big man on campus. Mm-hmm. And it's like, you're no not that cares. great. <laughs> yeah. This isn't like high school anymore. You don't have to be the jock. You could just be there. Mm-hmm. Have... I told Mike, now I can let myself go. <laughs> 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 but I can't because with my surgery tomorrow... Mm-hmm. Um, I'm gonna just get hotter, so. <laughs> then you can leave them. Right. <laughs> it's like, I keep thinking about that scene in Bridesmaids at her engagement party, mm-hmm. where she's like, you know, all this attention makes me feel great. Makes me feel like I can go out and catch another dude. <laughs> That's what it's like. <laughs> so, oh enough about... The long-awaited engagement. <laughs> mm-hmm. It's also Austin's birthday. Happy it birthday! is. It, it has been a hell of a week for me. Yeah, Austin's having a very exciting I week. I am. I'm engaged. Yep. 24. Yep. Soon to lose my stomach. Yep. <laughs> All that. All that. <laughs> yep. I have and been. a bag of chips. Yep. That she can't eat. I can't. I am on clear liquids. I am tired. <laughs> yeah. I can imagine. Yep. Just like, it's don't been just... do anything. Lots of misery. <laughs> no, I was I was supposed to be here two hours ago. She's been waiting for me patiently. I've been watching Crazy Ex Girlfriend. Oh, good. Yes, every like fine. fifteen minutes, Don't I worry. was like, I'm still not leaving. I'm still no. not leaving. <laughs> I have been wedding Pinteresting and Yay. watching Crazy Ex Girlfriend. So you're fine. <laughs> so today mm-hmm. we're talking about famous corpses. Famous corpses. Yep. No, we left. Um, we had a little. Tiny celebration dinner the other yes. night so um, with Mike and I and Mike's sister. And, and her Rappi. sister for the first time. Yes. That was fun. We got along. Yes. She, she's agreeable. Yeah. Um, she's, yeah, she's nice. And she's agreeable. She, well, she's agreeable. She is. It's, it's well, a you weird. better pray she never listens to this. <laughs> she's agreeable. She's, and she's wonderful. She um, and <laughs> when we left, we were like, to each other, we were like, look up a corpse. Yeah. Like, good luck with your corpse. Yeah. Uh, hopefully no one heard that. <laughs> good luck on the corpse. Yeah. That's just how we Actually, I think also it was like, good luck on the corpse. And I think I was like, don't tell me what to do. You yes. look up your corpse. Yes. <laughs> that was probably more what happened. <laughs> yeah, good um, <laughs> so I think Reppy goes first. I think so. Yes. You went for Ooh, Killer Couples. I did. I'm excited to hear about yours because I don't know a lot. to talk about okay. this. Because... This case really, it's super interesting, like, from a historical standpoint. Mm-hmm. Also from a murder standpoint. Mm-hmm. Well, I'll just get into yeah, it. Yeah, let's we'll, get into we'll it. We'll talk about it. Okay, so. The nitty gritty. Yes. On October 19th, 2000. Oof. You know what kills me when I read dates from 2000? What? One year. One year before the Trade Center. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Not that it was 18 years ago. <laughs> oh, God. I know. It was almost 20 uh, years ago. When I read that thing, have you seen it? It was from a few years ago now, but it was like, this is the first year that people in high school will learn oh, about yeah. the the 9-11 as an event that happened before they were born. Yep. I was like, oh, my God. <laughs> Good Lord. Okay. So 
October 19th, 2000. Um, well, lots of pastel crop tops and um, pants. What are those called? Kick jeans? Lots of those. <laughs> you, you mean <laughs> kick jeans? You kick mean pants? Like, like the, the big... Like flared? They're like, they're like flared, but they're flared they're like um they're not jeans. They're like like emo people also wore them in like two thousand. <gasps> like with all the pockets. Ten, yes. Okay. Like low rise ones, mm-hmm. and then the crop top. Yeah, like long like cargo. Yes. Yeah. Yep. Okay. And sneakers, <laughs> lots of sneakers. Yep. The Pakistani authorities were alerted to a videotape recorded by Ali Akbar. In the video, he had a mummy for sale. I want to see the video. I couldn't find it you anymore. You couldn't find it. Just like, this is a mummy. Yeah, right? Like, I don't know what. Sure. I just imagine like one of those really shitty local car commercials. Yeah. <laughs> Come and get your mummy, mummy, mummy. Yes. <laughs> uh, the mummy in question was a 2,600-year-old Persian. I always want to say Parisian. Why? I don't know why. <laughs> Persian mummy. Akbar told them that the mummy was located at the house of a tribal leader, Wali Muhammad Riki, in Karan, I should have got these, Baluchistan, (laughs) um, near the border of Afghanistan. Got that one right. Yep. Check. Okay. Riki claimed he got the mummy from an Iranian named Sharif Shan Baki. He said that he found it after an earthquake near Quetta. The mummy was put up for sale on the black antiques market. Um, I love that it's antiques and not yeah. like human parts. Well, body actually, parts. it's antiquities. Oh, antiquities. Is the official word. But I wrote antiques because I'm <laughs> simple. So it was on sale for 600 million rupee, which is the equivalent of $11 million. Really? Yep. Oh, my gosh. So Riki and Akbar were accused of violating the country's Antiquities Act, which could result in 10 years of prison, which was basically like, if you find an antiquity that's not yours, mm-hmm. you have to report it. Yeah. That's basically the law. <laughs> <laughs> the mummy was encased in a gilded wooden coffin set in a stone sarcophagus. So basically it was, you know, the corpse and then mm-hmm. the sarcophagus. That you see, you know, like for a mummy and it's all painted and stuff. And then that was placed in a wooden crate, but Mm -hmm. the crate was also decorated. Okay. So. Doesn't um, seem like a great way to preserve your mummy, but okay. Right. (laughs) Right. So police moved the mummy to the National Museum. I I copied and pasted some of this. And in a lot of places, they put mummy in quotes. (laughs) Why? Mummy? So like you don't think it's your actual mom? I don't know. (laughs) Your mom. Um. (laughs) Have you ever seen in Role Models where they're having this whole conversation (laughs) and Jane Lynch is like, your, and she puts up air quotes, presence is court order. And they're like, why did you put that in air quotes? Are you insinuating that we're not here? (laughs) That's the movie where she's like, do you know what I had for breakfast? Cocaine. Cocaine. Do you know what I had for lunch? Cocaine. Do you know what I had for dinner? Was it cocaine? Was it cocaine? Yes, I love that movie. <laughs> That's such a good movie. With the LARPing? Oh yes. my god, it's so good. It's it's a very oh, good movie. I need movie. to watch that again. We should watch it. We can. <laughs> I have it on DVD. Oh my god. Uh, so um, this mummy was sent to the National Museum in Karachi. They thought that this like amazing mummy was going to change history. Mm-hmm. Because before this time, mummies were only an Egyptian thing. There mm-hmm. hadn't been a case of a mummy that wasn't Egyptian. Uh-huh. So they were like, well, if there's this mummy that's per- Persian, there has to be more. Mm-hmm. Like, this isn't a first-time thing. So it's, like, changing history entirely. Like, how did they get there? You know what I mean? On the mummy's head was an exquisite gold crown embossed with seven cypress trees, the emblem of the ancient Persian capital of Hamadan. Hamadan. Nope. Ham- Hamadan? Okay. Less regal than I thought it was going <laughs> to be. Gold ornaments in the coffin also suggested that the mummified body was of royal blood. Mm-hmm. Um, and on the, like, on the wood, it it, it was in, like, old Parisian, Persian. Mm-hmm. Parisian. I don't know how their language <laughs> is called. And it, it said, they thought it said her name and then daughter of the king. Mm-hmm. It didn't really say that. Okay. No. <laughs> so, um, experts from all over the world came to find the mummy and look at it. And many began fighting over the ownership. Mm-hmm. Mostly Pakistan and Afghanistan were fighting over it about who's... It really was. Yeah. Almost everyone was on this mummy train. They were all like, this is a great mummy. Mm-hmm. But not everyone. So one of them, 
This is an A plus mummy. <laughs> A plus ten mummy. out of ten. <laughs> Man. So one of the people not convinced was Professor Ahmed Dani, the director of the Institute of Asian Civilizations in Islamabad. Oh, Islamabad. Sure. <laughs> Islamabad. Okay. So he said, it's quite clear from the beginning that she was a fake. The inscription on her chest actually read, I am the king of this land in ancient hieroglyphics. Yet she was a woman. Mm. And so then I wrote, good point. <laughs> I mean, it's a fucking great point because today, sure, someone might be like, no, I'm the king as a mm-hmm. woman, but back then, no one was going to be like, "That's our king," even though she's a woman. Yeah, like they, even they no matter how much they something else, right? No matter how much they liked her or whatever, mm-hmm. like they're not going to call her the king. That's what a man is, mm-hmm. you know. Well, maybe if she was like, "Call me the king, or <laughs> I will kill you." But it said that her body or her name was Raduguni, R H O D D U G U N E, and the. The wooden coffin surrounding her was not as old as her body. Mm-hmm. Um, and her mask and crown, they looked genuine, like actual antiquities, mm-hmm. but they were only like 100 years old. Oh, so they were... Yeah, yeah. they were actual gold. They were expensive, mm-hmm. but they weren't as old as her body. Also, what I find the most funny <laughs> is on the, the wooden box, which they don't mention in a lot of articles, mm-hmm. but there's like three that they do mention. There's a... I think it's a 60 Minutes. Mm-hmm. They mentioned someone had to put this box together, and I guess at one point they they marked it with pencil and didn't erase the pencil, and pencils were made like 500 years ago. Uh (laughs) Um, (laughs) Spaghetti-o. Yeah, and the body was on a mat Mm -hmm. in the box, which was made like five years ago. It was only five years old. Yeah. So um, he. Re- so they were like, none of this. Yes, is. but he was the only one. Everyone else is like, this looks right. Guess history is foundation. He was like, pencil, mm-hmm. and they're like, no. But it was a body. But it was a body. Okay. He reported his findings to Miss Ibrahim, who was a former student of his. Mm-hmm. She said, because she's um, Persian, mm-hmm. <laughs> she said that it's not part of our tradition. Only Egyptian preserved their dead mm-hmm. with bandages. The words on the breastplate were actually copied from King Darius at Persepolis in central Iran that dated back to 486 BC. So it was on a statue, like a very okay. famous statue mm-hmm. in Iran. So someone just knew it and copied it on yeah. there to make it look official. After visiting Karachi, where the body was, Professor Danny flew back to Islamabad um, and said, I believe that the mummy was of no historical importance. If it was real, it could only be Egyptian. If it was fake, then it wasn't terribly well put together. <laughs> it's a boy, but <laughs> And his, his words disappointed the police chief, who had raided the chieftain's house and took the mummy. Mm-hmm. And Professor Danny said that the man flew me to Karachi, hoping I would say the mummy was of archaeological importance, and he wanted to be paid for his find. Oh, God! So the police officer was like, say it's real so I can mm-hmm. get, like, this finder's fee, basically. Yeah. Meanwhile, the mysterious 21-year-old mummy had been shifted from museum to morgue. In the process, she had to saddest line ever. Dr. Danny was quoted in, like, a paper, Mm -hmm. Professor Danny, and he said, In the process, she had to suffer the humiliation of being demoted from princess to object in the worlds of museums officials. Mm. So, yeah, they were like, oh, she's not a princess. Get her the fuck out of here. Yeah. It's like she's still a person. Mm. Still a mommy. Yeah. I mean. (laughs) Technically. Asma Ibrahim, the curator of the National Museum in Karachi, wrote, like, an 11-page report. Didn't read it. Mm -hmm. But in it, he said, after detailed studies, it is quite evident that this object is modern and a fake. A cut on the body over the region of the stomach looked like a wound. Dislocation or damage of the lower vertebrae could have been the cause of death also. The jaw of the woman was broken. And the mummy was, in fact, a woman about 21 to 25 years of age who had died in 1996. Possibly killed with a blunt first instrument to the back of the head or the pelvic region. So where the cut was or mm-hmm. to the back of the head severing it. Almost like she had been hit with a car and so she fell back onto yeah. it. Her teeth had also been removed after death. Yeah. And her hip joint, pelvis, and backbone were damaged before the body had been filled with powder. Yeah. So so it means like before the embalming was done. So mm-hmm. it wasn't it wasn't caused from bad embalming. Like yeah. it wasn't caused from putting pressure on the bones mm-hmm. or anything. It must have it been from the injury. death. Yeah, the yeah. injury. Police began to investigate a possible murderer and arrested a number of suspects in 
Baluchistan. So no one has ever been imprisoned for this murder, and the victim has yet to be ID'd. Really? They don't know who it is? They don't know who it is. The teeth were taken out. They don't have any way to... Her jaw was broken. They can't recreate what she would look like. Yeah. A lot of people, though, are worried because they don't think it's someone's first go because Mm -hmm. it was so well-preserved and so thought out. Like, even though all those details were wrong, they were still details. It wasn't like Mm -hmm. a body body mummified and, like, stuck in a trunk or something. They went through the process of making it look like a real mummy to sell on the black market. Yeah. Which made police think that maybe this is a ring of them taking sex workers or people who... You know, the um, the less dead, if you will. Killing them because they know they won't be missing. And then embalming them to make them look like mummies and mm-hmm. then selling them for millions of dollars. Huh. Because most of the people aren't, I mean, there are a few cases of, I went in this deep dive of mm-hmm. like antiquities on the black market. Yeah. And there have been a few cases of even historical people buying it, like, um, like museum curators who just want to up their museum yeah. finds and can't get it the right ways because it's illegal. Yeah. Whatever they're selling. But most of the time it's just people who are like, oh, I want to tell, I want to walk into my front door and be like, look at this. I have a, mm-hmm. you know, whatever. I have a yeah. mummy. Like rich people. Would, right. Would, so yeah. to them, they don't look too hard into it. They're not going to be like, hmm, pencil markings on the box. They're going to yeah. believe they you when you're like, to this show is off a, a mummy. mummy. Yeah. yeah. The body was eventually buried in the first half of 2000. 2008, following years of fruitless waiting mm. for approval from the authorities. For a long time, the authorities were like, no, you can't bury her. Mm-hmm. We, what if we need to do something, you yeah. know? So, yeah, that's, I mean, it's just insane. Yeah. She, it's just, it, it baffles me because it's like, what? It reminds me, is it's about, like, sex workers and people who disappear, but it, they call it something, and it's heartbreaking. It's like um the missing missing or mm-hmm. something like that, where it's it's people who are missing but no one knows they're missing yeah. so they're never going to be found and they call it something and it just like makes me want to cry every time i hear mm-hmm. it cuz yeah it's a it's a sex worker who always moves around from time to time and no one knows she's even gone everyone just thinks she moved on so no one's looking for her so she'll always for the rest of the eternity she's going to be missing cuz no one even knows her name yeah they call it something, the missing, the vanished, the vanished missing. I don't know. <laughs> the vanished missing. I'll Google it. I'll let, yes. I'll let everyone yes, know. We'll, it's it's we'll heartbreaking. Update. Yeah, wow. I think I listened to like three episodes of it until I like broke down crying. Because it's just also the whole thing is them going, we think it's this person. This person disappeared at this time. This body was found at this time. Mm-hmm. Nobody knows though. They're yeah. Be- yeah, and it's it's just so weird that. There's this ring of people making mummies. Right? It's like who would have even thought? So creatively awful. Mm Because it's not like they also could tell that she hadn't been previously buried. Mm -hmm. So they they knew she wasn't dug up and then mummified because there was no no decomposition at all. Mm -hmm. It was all embalming. So unless they found, like unless they worked at a morgue and took someone. But you would think that, I guess unless you're making, I mean... That would be a good plan to be like, this person has to be cremated, so, uh, you know, I'm the mortician and I'll go make a mummy out of it. Yeah, well, but then would there would me... be some kind of record of a body with those injuries, right? Yeah, but you know how many bodies probably have injuries of, no. you know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. broken, you know, every person who's been in a car accident and died probably. Yeah, I don't think they can look up injuries. by injury because mm-hmm. there's just so many, but... You know, then there'd be no, no one's missing that body mm-hmm. because they think they have their ashes. Mm-hmm. You, know, you yeah. just throw some black sand or whatever ashes mm-hmm. look like. That would make me feel better just because mm-hmm. it's like at least no one died to become a mummy. But yeah, they think but... it's probably not that. Yeah. Well, I like that they can determine what year she died, but yes. like nothing else. <laughs> yeah. They think they know how she died. Everyone's precise about the year, mm-hmm. but they don't know anything else. But I think they did the year by, like, when the rug came out, plus all her injuries and, like, all the yeah. stuff. So even that could be a little off. Yeah, it could be. I mean, it could have been, like, three years and not mm-hmm. five. You know, if the rug came out five years ago, it just means within the last five years. There were mm-hmm. other things, but it's a, it's mummified, so there's not, it's you know, it's, there's no brain. But also, they were talking about the mummification itself, and they could tell when they looked yeah. really close because... It looked like her nose passage and everything was all, like, split kind of forcefully. You know, mm-hmm. she wasn't alive. But mummies, you know, those are their queens, so they do everything very gently. Yes. They don't want to hurt the body. Mm-hmm. That's the whole point. So this looked very, you know. Rushed But from careless. afar, you know, like, as if you were just like, that's a mummy, no one would have been like, 
No, it's not. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I wonder how they went about making it look like, you know. They mummified it with mummification stuff. I bet you could it buy a It takes a long kit. time, though. Yeah. Hmm. I mean, it doesn't take that long. Yeah, I thought it, it took probably like a few like... years. No. For all the wetness to get out? No, because they put stuff in. Oh. They embalm you. Mm-hmm. So all that powder and stuff dries you out within like a day or two. Huh. I mean, you probably don't look like an old mu- I mean, yeah, like but a, a I'm sure that's mummy. how they could probably tr- figure it out too. Like the mm-hmm. skin doesn't, but I don't know if you embalm, once you get too dry, I don't know if you get drier. You know yeah. what I mean? Like mm-hmm. you might just stay at one level. They didn't tell me about it in Scooby-Doo when he finds the mummy. <laughs> so that's the only information yes, I know, you know about, about mummies <laughs> and they didn't bring it up. So yeah. <laughs> I couldn't, I couldn't tell you. Uh, very strange. Yeah. Hmm. Still unsolved. Still unsolved. I thought they would have found. You would think. Who but, you know, it's one of those people who nobody knows they're missing. So how are they supposed to be found? Wow. That's sad. So I'm going to tell you about Maria Elena Milagro de Hoyos. And her Don't corpse. make things up, Austin. <laughs> <laughs> I swear it's a real name. <laughs> Maria Elena Milagro de Hoyos, referred to as Elena, that's was easy. born on... July 31st. Oh, that's this bitch. Okay, yes. let's go. Why <laughs> this bitch? A <laughs> bitch. She was lovely. She but... was. Uh, she was born on July 31st, 1909 in Key West, Florida, to Cuban-American parents Francisco, his nickname was Pancho. Why? Hoyos. Why not just like Fran? <laughs> no, Pancho. He was a cigar maker. Not a poncho maker. No, he was not. Okay. And Aurora Milagro. Ooh, Aurora's a pretty name. It like is. the princess. It's a sleeping beauty. She was the middle child of three daughters, and she had a younger sister named Florinda. That's and like the throwaway princess. <laughs> and a older sister named Celia. The De Hoyos family was extremely close and lived together. Elena was known as a local beauty, admired for her beautiful black hair. Elena married Luis Mesa on February 18th, 1926, when she was just 16 years old. Unfortunately, following a devastating miscarriage soon after their wedding, Mesa left Elena and the marriage ended in every way except on paper. So fucking heartbreaking. Yep. To be like, now I've lost my baby. Oh, good. Now my husband's leaving yep. me. Also, now I'm all good, alone. Good, good. Although maybe she liked it. Maybe she was like, good. I don't even like him. <laughs> right? I'm 16 years old. In 1930, Elena was diagnosed with tuberculosis, a virtual death sentence at the time. In some time, the disease would claim the lives of all of the De Hoyoses. On October 25th, 1931, Elena succumbed to tuberculosis in his, her family's home, but her story was far from over. Throughout the course of her illness, Elena had been attended to by a local radiology technician known as Carl von Kosel. From the first... Fucking Carl. <laughs> yeah. That bitch. This time I don't mean it in a good way. <laughs> From the first time Elena sought treatment in the U.S. Marine Hospital in Key West, where von Kosel worked, the German-born professional had tried every remedy he could concoct to try and save Elena's life. For reasons unbeknownst to the De Hoyos family, von Kosel had developed an obsession with the 21-year-old that would lead to a baffling series of events. He just, I just love dark hair, yes. <laughs> it is the black hair and the coughing. <laughs> I love TB. <laughs> Carl von Kosel was born as Carl Tanzler, with a K, Kansler? <laughs> Carl with a K. <laughs> Did you seriously think it was? Like I was like, why? How is it Tanzer with a K? <laughs> Carl with a K. You should have said with a K after Carl. Oh, gosh. I should have, but I wanted to say his full name. <laughs> Carl with a K, Tanzer. Yes. Batten up next. <laughs> so he was born on February 8th, 1977. That's wrong. 1877. <laughs> 1977. Ooh. Young. Ghosts. In Dresden, Germany. Tanzler grew up with his parents and sister and was described as a curious child. Though Tanzler would later claim that he was a count and had been raised in a large castle, this had no grounding in truth. 
Chancellor reportedly encountered the spirit of a deceased relative named Countess Anna Constantia von Kossel during his formative years. The spirit, who revealed Tansler's noble roots to him, told him that he would one day meet his true love, an exotic woman with dark hair and incomparable beauty. Exotic, meaning anyone who isn't white. <laughs> and then she dies. Yes. So, you know. <laughs> Tansler held on to this promise for his entire life. As a young man, Tansler traveled to Australia, where he was detained in the Trial Bay concentration camp when World War I erupted. But also, you ain't gonna find nothing exotic there. Travel to, like, I don't know, at least <laughs> France. Else. I don't know. France. <laughs> They're tan. <That's> not... <laughs> I don't know. I was oh, gonna gosh. say, like, South America. Yeah. Well, South America is, you I know. I don't know if back close. then Germans were traveling to South America. Well, Why they... was he detained? He was German. Oh, was he? Was because he, a he Jew? was German. Oh. <laughs> in, in Australia. Oh, because Australians were yes. like, you're German. Exactly. But also, sticking a German in concentration camps is kind of like a... Uh... This was before the second one. This was pre, yeah. pre-Holocaust. This is World War One, right? Yeah. It's just, everyone's always like, concentration camps. When has it ever worked? <laughs> Never. Never once. Around this time, he began introducing himself to others as Count Carl von Kostel. With Count Carl, Carl with a C. Count. Count Carl. <laughs> Out with a K, Carl with a K. It's like triple a C, everyone. <laughs> He's like a Kardashian. Yes. <laughs> Tanzler attempted to construct a sailboat in order to escape the concentration camp, but failed. Because people what? are going to notice if you're building <laughs> you a sailboat. Also, what, you think they're going to let you out into the water? Right? What do you think they're going to... Tanzler spent the duration of the war in this camp and was ultimately sent back to Europe by way of the Netherlands. Much is unknown about Tanzler's time between returning to Europe and his marriage to Doris Schaefer in 1920, but Tanzler claims that he sought out his estranged mother and stayed with her for three years before she suggested that he find his sister in america because she didn't want to be anywhere near his crazy ass <laughs> he was like i'm a count she's like i'm for your three mom years. i know who you are <laughs> like, for three years she and then she's just like you know what you go know, see your sister your sister really misses yeah you. i so bet like, she just go away, away. <laughs> in 1926 tansler immigrated to the u.s by way of cuba and was soon followed by his wife and two daughters i do that nowadays no. His daughters were Aisha and Clarista, who were four and two years old, respectively. By the next year, Tansler had left his family once again when he moved from Zephyr Hills, Florida, to Key West, Florida, for a job at the U.S. Marine Hospital. Tansler had been offered the job based on his claims that he held nine advanced degrees, including at least one Ph.D. <laughs> he just has to claim that. Right. And was now known as Dr. Carl Von Kossel. <laughs> no, yeah, I, I, I've got the degrees. Yes. I've got many degrees. I went to yeah, many yeah. schools. <laughs> After working at the hospital for around three years, Tansler met Elena, who was immediately struck by her resemblance to the woman that had been described to him by the spirit of Countess Anna. Immediately, Tansler pursued Elena aggressively. He believed that it was his destiny to save her from death and win her over. This ghost was looking down on that and be like, oh shit, he believed me. Oh, fuck. Ooh, that general description really just... (laughs) It's like when psychics are like, oh yeah, I see a lot of turmoil in your life, but... You're going to get through it. Yep. Oh, my God. How'd you know I had some turmoil? I see some stuff and things. You're going to find love. You know? Love. You could love yourself. It could be oh with gosh. others. It, it could, could be, be any friends, form of love, really. But you will find love. Yeah. He convinced the De Hoyos family to let him perform experiments on Elena in hopes of curing her. Elena's it family... <laughs> Also wanted to save their beloved daughter, so they put Tansler, whom they thought was a licensed doctor, in charge of Elena's care. Tansler stole the equipment available to him at the hospital, including an x-ray machine, and set up shop at the <laughs> De Hoyos home. They were so big back then. They're still big. I'm just going to take this. <laughs> yeah, right? How did he get it, it out? This is mine. Jeez. No, I'm repairing it. I'm just taking it home He's to like repair. the Grinch during Christmas. <laughs> yeah. There's a light on this tree that won't light on one side. <laughs> during his treatment of Elena, he showered her with gifts and love letters and asked for her hand in marriage multiple times. She was like, ooh. Yeah. Elena Yikes. repeatedly declined his offers of marriage, citing their large age difference. She was 22 and he was 54. Also, I am technically still married. She is. And her illness. 
as the reason. And, and dying. And I'm dying. And I'm 22, so I have a lot going on right now. <laughs> yes. Tansler had a grand plan to cure Elena and then whisk her away to an island he claimed to have discovered. So, <laughs> <laughs> uh, so fucking he, Romeo over right. So he began to build an airplane with which to do this. Later, the sailboat idea worked so well last time. Also, the airplane was wingless, putting that out there. <laughs> well, he was above himself. Right. You know, in 700 years, our airplanes will be wingless too. Later, he would claim that he was going to use the airplane to bring Elena's body into the stratosphere, which would bring her back to life. Oh, right, right, right. right. That's what I heard, too. It's just, that's just common knowledge, right? right? Just catapult a body up there and they're <laughs> yep, back to life again. airplane, you fucking lunatic. Yeah. <laughs> when Elena died, Tansler took over the care of her corpse. He paid for her funeral service, hired a mortician to embalm her, and purchased an extravagant stone mausoleum for her to be interred in. The De Hoyos family assumed that after Elena was put to rest, Tansler would disappear. But they were wrong. Tansler held on to the only key to Elena's mausoleum and visited her corpse regularly. He would sing to her and spend hours in the dark stone structure, which unnerved locals. Right, because of course, like, the first few days you're like, oh, he's grieving, that poor man. And then after, like, it's like four months, you're years. like, Yikes. Yeah. Soon after, the hospital fired Tansler. But this did nothing to deter him. he stole their x I mean, from. he did steal a bunch of equipment, but townspeople being like, you know, he's kind of weird, is the, the thing that got gotcha. him fired. That got him. Well, he does sing to a corpse, so. Yeah, that thing. <laughs> so this did nothing to deter him from continuing his obsession with Elena. He claimed that Elena's spirit visited him in the tomb, often begging him in Spanish to take her body home with him. So speak Spanish to him on a daily basis? Well, she spoke Spanish, but but not to him. I know, he's he's German. So he began using chemicals to preserve her body within the tomb. In April of 1933, Tansler used a toy wagon to transport Elena's body from her mausoleum to his laboratory on a nearby beach. It probably looked. Well, it was, (laughs) apparently it was her coffin on top of the wagon. Oh, so it wasn't So it wasn't just her sitting in the wagon. Oh my gosh. That would would be funny. That'd be a little funny. I mean. Tansler began using any means he could think of to preserve Elena's body. He held her bones together with wire from coat hangers, replaced her eyes with glass ones, stuffed her abdominal and chest cavities with rags, made a wig from her hair, and coated her skin in mortician's wax, fabric, and plaster. When the flesh on her face began to rot, he covered it in silk and wax, and drew her facial features on the cloth. Probably he, looked great. Oh, it's horrifying. There are pictures. He kept Elena's body in his bed and dressed her in a combination of her own clothes that he had taken from her home and new clothes that he bought in town. So people were like, he's buying women's clothes. <laughs> that, that was one of the things. Uh, and so. he definitely didn't have sex with it. Mm, oh, well, we'll talk about that later. <laughs> He did. Uh, yes. <laughs> because the body had already decomposed quite a bit, Tansler used disinfectants, perfumes, and different chemicals to fend off the odors of decomposition and any bugs that may find their way to Elena's body. Ooh, yuck, yuck, yuck. Yes. That's in your bed, too. I know. It's a, he sleeps there. Tansler became obsessed with singing the song La Boda Negra which translates to the Black Wedding, to Elena. The song... Also, sorry, she died of tuberculosis. Yes. So she probably didn't die looking great either. You yeah. know what I mean? She was probably already, like, kind of sickly. Yeah, probably. You know what I mean? Like, skinny. Decomposition was probably fast, you know? Yeah, you, it was... And uh, it's Florida, which is humid so and hot. hot. Yeah, and she's in a stone mausoleum. mausoleum. The song La Boda Negra describes a man whose fiance dies before their wedding. So he steals her body from the graveyard and takes her home and marries her before dying himself. Tansler would often dance with Elena's corpse, talk to her, and feed her wine. Weird. Weird, weird, weird. Yep. It's just waste of wine. (laughs) That too. Eventually, the townspeople noticed that Tansler no longer visited the mausoleum and thought it was strange. Rumors made their way back to the De Hoyoses, and Elena's sister, Florinda, went to Tansler's home to confront him. (laughs) 
I would have been like, I'm just going to go check out the mausoleum first. <laughs> that too. <laughs> Florinda now also had contracted tuberculosis. Jeez. After convincing Tansler that she only wanted to see her sister one more time, Tansler allowed Florinda to see his work firsthand. Ugh. Florinda was horrified and alerted authorities who arrested Tansler in early October 1940. But also, I'm sorry, should you be out and about with tuberculosis? You can still do things. But aren't you going to just give it to everyone? Oh, yeah. Oh, absolutely. That's why it's spread. <laughs> you should be at home alone <laughs> yeah, yeah, with nobody touching you. I don't think she cared if he contracted it from I her. I guess, but you, like, you had to go there somehow. Yeah. So they removed Elena's body from the laboratory almost seven years after she was stolen. Gross. Tansler was found to be mentally competent to stand trial and was charged with, quote, wantonly and maliciously destroying a grave and removing a body without authorization. Tansler was released after a hearing that determined that the statute of limitations had expired for this crime. Authorities examined Elena's corpse and discovered, among many things, a cardboard tube that had been inserted into her vagina. One of the doctors that performed the examination claimed to have found in the tube, quote, cotton. And in an examination of the cotton, I found there was sperm. Then I knew we were dealing with a, a sexual pervert. Yeah, he was totally fucking that corpse yeah, every single absolutely. day. Although weird that he put the <laughs> tube. tube. Well, I guess if maybe it was... she's collapsing. Yeah. Oh my god, it was probably like jello in there. Oh yeah, there probably isn't a lot of lubrication or the right kind of lubrication. Yeah, it's probably like oh god, all gross. Yeah. It is believed that Tansler had used this to perform necrophilia with the body. Tansler denied this. Because what else are you going to do? After Elena's body was put on display at the Dean Lopez funeral <laughs> home and was viewed by around 6,800 oh, people. Look at this body. Right? <laughs> like, gross. Here, look at this body covered in plaster and wax and in that's been <laughs> raped a million times. A judge granted Florinda's request that Elena's body be reburied in an unmarked grave in a location known only by those who bury her and her family. Of this decision, Tanzler re- reportedly said, quote, I resurrected her. I brought her back to life, Your Honor. I will carry the fight to the highest courts of the land. If I live long enough to obtain sufficient funds to regain her, she is mine. Her father gave her to me. I am more entitled to her than her sister. Gross. Gross, gross, gross. Yeah. Sex with a dead body. Yes. Tansler moved to Pasco County, Florida, and wrote an autobiography, which was published in 1947 under the title The Secret of Elena's Tomb. His wife, Doris, helped him. His wife? Yes, his wife. Remember her? Helped to support him towards the end of his life. I'd have been like, go, <laughs> yeah, for fuck one. you. You fell in love with another woman. For two, then you had sex with her dead body. <laughs> for seven years. <laughs> Not just once. <laughs> yeah, seven years. Though he was separated from the corpse of Elena, he kept a death mask he had made of her and created a life-size effigy, which he treated as if it was the body he had stolen. So he fucked it through a tube? <laughs> Probably. <laughs> Tansler died on July 3rd, 1952, at his home. Some reports claim that Tansler died holding on to his Elena effigy, but no official reports mention it. Oh, probably. Yeah. fucking crazy. Tansler's story became a media sensation during his apprehension, with some looking to it as a story of true love and perseverance. Those people are wrong. <laughs> yes, despite the fact that there was no evidence that Elena had ever reciprocated Tansler's passion. Even today, rumors persist that Tansler somehow got a hold of Elena's body or switched it with a fake one before it was buried and that the effigy was really Elena. What happened to the effigy? I'm not sure. (laughs) There's so much. And there's a lot of other weird information. I listened to the Dollops episode Mm -hmm. and they had a bunch of other weird information, but I couldn't corroborate any of it and what I found. So I didn't put it in there. Like, apparently he had a million dogs that lived outside his laboratory. And he claimed that because... He discovered that island. That means he owned it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Just that's weird how shit. I am, too. Yeah. And I, he, I saw this house first, so it's mine. It's my house. Right. And that mine. at some point, he moved into Elena's old room after she died. And the family was just like, um. Well, apparently they needed money, and he was paying rent. Mm-hmm. 
He also had an obsession with organs, not like human organs, but the musical <laughs> instrument. Either and he way. had a bunch. Yeah. Disgusting. Yes. You don't need an organ unless you're a <laughs> church. Yeah. Well, he loved them. <laughs> oh, and the pictures of the body are just... Yeah, I saw them a long time ago yuck. when we listened to that episode. Mm-hmm. Not great. Not a great way to, to do things. Yeah, poor Elena's body. Yes. And it's sad because it's, she was really beautiful and she was married and then her husband left her and that was it. She died. Mm-hmm. Like, there's no other real information about her. She's just now the famous corpse, which yep. is like, that sucks. Yep. That's it. That's all she's known for. I mean, she was only 22, but. No, she's with her baby. If you believe that stuff. <laughs> well, it's better than <laughs> believing she's not and her body I just know. got raped brutally forever. At least she wasn't in it. Unless she was. Her soul just trapped yeah, in there. Yeah, unless her soul was trapped in there. <laughs> Or, like, she was actually in love with him. That would have been a better story. If she was, like, super in well, love with him. why people are like, was, oh, he was in love. Right. She was if, in love with him, they too. Were, if this was, like, this big thing, it'd still be wrong. But at least <laughs> it'd be more like, I can see how he was so devastated it drove him to insanity. Yes. But it's, for years or whatever, this girl was like, no, 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 no. Mm-hmm. And then you're like, oh, it reminds it's like- me of guys of today. And I'm like, <laughs> I still don't want to suck your dick. And it's yeah. like. But come on, please. And it's like, just because you pout your lip a little bit doesn't mean I'm going to suck your dick. Yes. It's, oh, <laughs> men. Men are the worst. I, I just. Now I don't have to deal with them. <laughs> I just, I just had someone, that guy who was like, oh, can I have your Instagram? I mm-hmm. gave him my Instagram. And then he sent me, I'd smash. That was the reply of me sending my Instagram. So Gross. he'll have sex with me. Thank God. That's what I was worried about in my life. Ew. If a and guy who, would like, have sex with me. Even if you think that. Who says right. that to like, the other person? Like, it's one Holy thing. Like, shit. I saw his picture and I was like, ooh, he's cute. Mm-hmm. But I would never be like, I'd, I'd bang you. Because for one, that sounds like I'm so great. <laughs> I'm so great that like there was a possibility I wouldn't bang you. Like, okay, I'll bang you. Yeah. It's like. Maybe I don't want to bang you, buddy. Like, what? Okay, I'll bang. Ew. It's like, I, that wasn't what was up for debate And here. I hate the term smash. Right. Smash is just like, ugh. Good. That sounds like it'll be good for both of us. Right. You smashing into mm-hmm. me repeatedly. Gross. I was, when I was writing our um, news episode for this month, there's a quote in there of a guy. It's a long story that I won't get into on this. It's. It's one of the, it's the second biggest news of the month Uh after the Florida shooting. This guy who, a girl overdosed Mm -hmm. in his room and he just had sex with her until the morning. And so he was saying like, I'm smashing her to pass the time. And that's one of the most disgusting sentences I've ever heard in my life. The word smash should never be used for, for sex. Nope. Right, like, I wouldn't want someone's pelvis to smash against yeah. my pelvis. That sounds so painful. And it's not even smash. Like, smash means that something is getting, like, smash. Like, it's going from a solid state to down and down and down and softer and softer and softer. Well, smashing like, doesn't mean it's getting softer, though. Oh, yeah, you're right. It's not softer. It's, it's just more two just things broken. banging into yeah, each other. Yeah, but one thing is always destroying the other thing if it's being smashed. Well, I guess. I don't think in definition anything has to be destroyed. I Mm -hmm. think, like, if you took one rock, you could smash it against Against another another. rock. It's just a bad word. But it's just, like, it's very violent. It is. violent. You don't want to describe sex as violent. No. Especially not when you're at first trying to meet someone. Right. Like, Like, oh, yeah, I'll really fuck you up. (laughs) Yeah. Yes. This is what I wanted. Like, when people say smash... I think of, like, bananas. Right. Or, like, it's just the fact that it's, I mean, not to toot my own, any girl could find any random guy to just fuck. It's like, true. Like, it's not that hard. So, it's like, if you think I'm on here, like, hoping, oh, my God, I hope this guy I just met will have sex with me. I'm not. No, no. girl is like, oh, my Lanta, I hope he'll smash me. <laughs> smash. I hope I'm smashable. We're like, when is he going to send the penis pic? When is this going to, when yeah. am I going to ignore, when am I going to block this guy? Is it going to be before the first day or after or, the first day? <laughs> Probably when, before. When's the penis, oh, he said he'd smash me? Probably block. before. <laughs> yeah. It's never going to yeah. reach anything. Oh, so gross. I'm just going to send him the definition of smash. <laughs> no, just send him what was that TV show that like Catherine McPhee was in about Broadway people no, called Star. Smash. No, was there was it? one called Smash. Oh, was it? Okay. Yeah. I'll, send, I'll photoshop his picture <laughs> yes. on Catherine McPhee. Exactly. Smash. That would be perfect. <laughs> uh. So, <laughs> this has been some 
famous corpses. Mm-hmm. If you want to learn more about some famous corpses, I recommend Ask a Mortician on YouTube because she has a whole yeah. series of iconic corpses mm-hmm. and it's really good. I love watching them. Mike hates it. <laughs> no, he doesn't mind. But. <laughs> uh, I almost bought you. There was at Barnes and Nobles. I got her books for her birthday. Yes. At Barnes and Nobles, there was um, there was a like I was in the true crime section. I was mm-hmm. like, what? So I got you one that was a bunch of different crimes. Yes. you know, because I was like, she mm-hmm. can read a little bit about everything. But there was one that was just crime scene photos, mm-hmm. and I was like, ooh, and it's like the 1950s to. 2005 or something it's Mm -hmm. like a long period of time and it's like in new york city only oh i think i heard about that is that like a coffee table book yeah 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 but i like started flipping through it and i was like i don't this is just sad because there's (laughs) there's like a little description about everything but there's not like and this is how we caught the guy and this is blah 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 Mm -hmm. so it's just it's just like dead person dead person yeah so i was like it's much more interesting to read a little blurb about you know yeah so i got you that book i forget what it was called but I don't know. Yeah. It was a murder book. And then she got me a wedding planning book. And then I got, yeah. Yeah. It was like budget bride. Yep. I need it. (laughs) I need it. (laughs) I was was checking out and the Barnes and Nobles guy was like, these are two very different books. And then I was like, it's so weird too because they're for the same person. And he's like, oh, okay. Very strange. And I was just like, well, she just got engaged, but it's also her birthday so he held up the um the two bucks in in the one that said wedding he was like oh okay so for business and then he held up the murder book and he goes and for pleasure and yeah i was like yeah exactly you know it shout out to him. he was great okay so okay. that's it for this episode i will be editing it in mm-hmm. my sick bed, yeah. <laughs> recovering on my clear liquids. She's so. going to have so much fun with her clear liquids. So I told her, liquids. I said, vodka's a clear liquid. It Tequila, clear liquid. Mm-hmm. So I would just drink until I blacked out, <laughs> and then I'd wake up three days later and I'd drink some more. Yeah. You're going to lose some weight, though, on oh, clear yeah. liquids. You'll lose. Oh, yeah. We are Helen High Horror mm-hmm. on Instagram, mm-hmm. on Facebook. Mm-hmm. We have a Facebook group. Mm-hmm. We're Hell High Horror on Twitter. Yep. We have a Patreon, and we're about to release our February news episode. It has a lot of really crazy stories in it. And I know I say something to that effect every month because I just can't believe all the weird stuff that happens, but this one is really out there. That's going to be fun. Mm-hmm. Uh, please send us your scary true crime blah, blah, blah stories. <laughs> At HelenHighHorror at gmail.com. We also have a collaboration that we'll be announcing soon, which is exciting. I'm Austin Castelli on everything except Tumblr on Tumblr. I'm Witch Tips. Mm-hmm. I'm Reparata Ann on everything. She is. She's easy. And I think that's it for today, right? That's it. That's it. That's okay. It. Bye. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate megastores led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill.